this specific red mixed with this orange mixed with this pink is going to make this very specific thing that like paint produces. But I'm like, I don't know how to get that on a hex code on my computer. Like, how do you get orange and hot pink mixed? I don't know how that works on a computer. Yeah. But in paint, you do. In paint, you have like layers and you can have those multiple colors be one, but also be the multiple colors within it. Hey everybody, welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain and more curious life. I'm Scott. And I am Mace. Welcome to episode 127. Mm, am I wrong? I think no. that's a fail. Because I think it was Kevin and Abby, then it was Hope, then it was Coffee. You're right. This is 128. I came in, I tried to come in confident a little bit. I didn't know, nope. but I was like, say it fast. Should have been a little more insecure. <laughs> <laughs> 128. Here wow, we, are. we have an Enneagram one coming up very soon. Mm-hmm. What's it going to be? Should it be four? <laughs> Another Maze themed episode? A selfish <laughs> podcast. This is an indulgent podcast. Um, that sounds fun for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. That's a little mm-hmm. intense. Okay. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. I have always thought it would be interesting to have you in conversation with another four. I know. We got to do it. There are some fours out there that I've connected with via Enneagram reposts. Via reposts. Yes. No, we have. We can have a lot of yeah. fours. Well, no, no. I don't want a lot of fours. I want one that you guys could compare and contrast with. You know, Yes. Like, yes. Immediately, I'm like. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That would be something threat. to unpack with each other, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who's yeah. the realest four in the room? Who's the realest four? I found an Instagram account that was titled Not a Four. And it's an Instagram account that's essentially showing all these memes of fours and saying, this is not a four thing. And just like, you think you're a four, you're mistyping as this. You think you're that's a four, good. you're mistyping what as this. What a great idea. I know. I was like, damn. See, but also, just- I felt it. There was moments where I was like, yeah. So that just that just um, highlights how I imagine an account like that isn't gonna take off. You know what I mean? It's a fringy. It, it is. It, the but idea it's is too good. The idea is too <laughs> good. You know, I don't know what I mean by that, but it's like really cool artsy indie bands. They're better than the big bands, but yeah. like Taylor. No, no this, Taylor is, Swift. this is better than the spicy enneagram four memes. Although yeah, those are that's actually good pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is. It's like. It's hot takes. Yeah. I was going to say Taylor Swift is not the best female musician in the world. She's the most successful. I don't know. She's the most. She's one of the most, obviously. Yeah. Currently working. I don't, I don't know. Don't come at me with any stats, everybody. I don't don't know. But, um, I'm saying like, I, I, Enneagram repost is definitely not the best Enneagram account, but it's successful. At Enneagram repost, go follow Scott's account. (laughs) Scott's account. I wonder if any, someday it will be our account. <laughs> trying to earn it. <laughs> someday. I just don't want the responsibility and I don't want all the notifications. It, you would never have the responsibility. I just want the green light someday to, to talk about it as if it's ours. You could talk about it as if it's ours, but I don't want to log into it because I don't want the notifications. Abs- I, I, yeah, I would never <laughs> expect that. <laughs> um, okay, everyone. Uh, We've come here to forward. talk about this. Jeez, hold on here. Okay. That's having some issues here. 
Cut. Okay, sorry. <sighs> Cut back. <laughs> <laughs> Many cuts. I think we. I think. I think if you fill this with some interesting conversation, we don't have to edit it out. Um. Okay. So you're wondering what this topic is. You clicked on it, yeah. and you're like, "Art moves both ways." What do you what mean? Is Art that? moves both ways. What is that? Did somebody rip off Joanna Newsom? <laughs> <laughs> Did somebody rip off Joanna Newsom? Yes. Yes, indeed. Someone has mm-hmm. ripped off mm-hmm. Joanna Newsom. Um. Yeah, that's the title of this episode, which I don't even know how to explain it. What is art? Most, what is art moves both ways? Art moves both ways is it is my I mace. It is my artist. I don't like this word, but I think it's the right word is brand. My artist, mm. my artist title, mm. artist philosophy, alter ego, alter ego. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah, maybe a tiny bit. Um, uh, yeah. So art moves both ways is mace as an artist painter but i feel like it's taken on more than just like as a painter energy mm-hmm. but this is this is the name i go by if you were to look at my be like oh what where's mace's art it's at arms both ways on instagram and soon there'll be a website hopefully and merch and merch and, and prints and prints oh my gosh very <laughs> so many things potentially we're speaking something into existence a little bit through this episode i know this episode is like a launch of sorts mm-hmm. into more to come from art moves both ways as the like platform for which i am putting out my creations yes. that was the that was that a good was well way of said. explaining it there <laughs> Oh, okay, everybody. We are a podcast about two and a half years in. Mm-hmm. We host curious conversations. Mm-hmm. We try to take a topic and we interrogate the topic. Yes, we do. We try to say, what is hope? We say, we're curious. Yeah. We're not going to find an answer, but we're going to practice being curious about what this thing is. And you have two hosts. And sometimes we take a step back and we try to just get to know the hosts a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this episode is just like kind of selfish in no, my I, behalf. I, it, no, it feels selfish. selfish for me in that it's fun and I just get to talk about art. But it is like also, I mentioned this in the Instagram post, like art moves both ways. Me as an artist, this like piece of me is so much a part of this podcast yeah. and like formed by doing the podcast as well. It's fate. Yeah. Is, this is a necessary episode. Yeah. I agree. It's necessary when you look through the feed that there would be an episode dedicated to explaining this thing that's now going to frequently be showing up on our feeds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, what yeah. is it? Here it is. Here it is. So the format for tonight is... We're just going to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So why don't I just start with this? Yeah. Let's not do like the full... Well, why not? Why not? Let's do an art journey. An art journey. Yeah, because what I'm curious with about you, and I think what would be helpful for people to know, maybe even I can be I can be relatively brief. Yeah, well, whatever. We'll see. Uh, you you really didn't grow up creating art. You were more of an athlete. Yeah. You were sort of a jock. I was. I was what some would call a tomboy. Tomboy. That yes. was that was the most common word given for this this person here. Um, lots of, lots of pictures that I've seen of you growing up with in a, an intense look on your face (laughs) and and the, and the, and I've actually played sports with you uh, quite a few times. 
and it's it's a level of intensity that I typically don't engage with. Like if I if I if I <laughs> I've been watching Seinfeld lately, so this almost feels like one of those sort of episodes where like like last week last night he was starting to date someone, but she had a crazy laugh. Yeah, it's like it, this is a completely different side yeah, of me you, that comes yeah, out. Yeah, you get get to know a friend. It's like my friend Mace. Oh, we, let's play ultimate frisbee together. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, Mace is that kind of person, like getting really serious about ultimate frisbee. <laughs> Whoa, okay, <laughs> really invested and <laughs> game face and a lot of effort. It's like that probably seems more normal, but me, I'm I'm always about halfway into most games. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There is a. There is a certain persona that comes out in sports for me, for sure. <laughs> and like comp- competitive things. Um, but no, I did. I grew up, Tomboy. I grew up a lot more pushed or just like honestly enjoying sports and that being where I found lots of joy. Um, I didn't like grow up in a incredibly artsy home, but also not a not artsy home. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't really, I don't know. I remember as a kid, I went to an art class thing in the summer one time and I really enjoyed it. And I, I made this like painting thing out of like paper mache flowers. We made paper mache flowers essentially and it was a vase and it was very cool looking, but I didn't have enough time to finish. And the teacher made me add a flower that wasn't the flower that I made and it looked bad in it. And I remember hating that that happened to my painting. <laughs> um, wow. So there it is. That just brings up a question about temperament. It's like everybody's an artist probably. Yeah. At their core. Yeah. But there is sort of maybe a artist's temperament that arises naturally that has to do with personal vision and expression. Maybe. I mean, it was just like, why did that have to be added? It ruined the freaking painting and it was framed and it was really good. It was like my most proud work, but then it was like kind of ruined. So I don't know. That's my random like childhood art memory. I like really remember having art classes as like an elementary student. Mm. I think I don't remember having art classes. Really? I feel yeah, like is you that did an Orange Vale thing. <laughs> First of all, I didn't grow up in Orange Vale, <laughs> but in Gold River. Gold River. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think like at least a, a kid in the '90s, we grew up. We had art classes, like, like there's an, an art teacher school? in elementary school. Yeah, art teacher. I had one mm-hmm. teacher. Really? You had several. I guess I had a music teacher. You had a mu- uh, Yeah, we had music, PE, art, and Ooh. like one other thing. Mm, I did was, not have like, art. So you had like an elective that mm. you went to, um, and mm. I always loved art yeah. um I did, we had a few different teachers but i wasn't like this is everything like it was like oh yeah art, art i enjoy it but i liked what types of things are happening in those art classes um like anything from like i remember we made like tin foil robot things to like huh. learning how to do pastels i mean it's like you usually like will look at an artist and then hmm. like practice a technique i remember one time we made like underwater creatures which was really cool enjoyed huh. doing that um, what if my kids have done that? I'm sure. Probably. I'm <sighs> sure. I okay. feel like it's, I mean, it's definitely. They've done art. I'm just wondering if they had a whole art module <laughs> or whatever this yeah, is. Yeah, it's like you went to it once a week. Ah, yeah, um, interesting. That was for me. And if your kids went through Seattle Public Schools, then I'm sure they did. Mm. Um, but... Yeah, not. It's not really like, on your radar. Yeah, yeah, you're not like, oh, art class. No, no, and I'm not like, oh my gosh, I'm, 
I'm needing this. Like it was just like art, whatever. You're for PE. I was just as pumped for art as I was for okay, PE. Okay. Um, I was pumped for like all school activities, uh, to be honest. We're so similar, and that is a big difference between the two of us. <laughs> a big difference. Yeah. I'm even realizing it even now. I don't know if I realized just how core the difference is. Yeah. Because no, I've it's never true. liked school. No, never. and I like, I, I, I feel it in my heart right now that it's like. Daisy's clutching their heart. It's like. It's like fire <laughs> is coming out of my heart. How much I enjoy school. Oh, I, I could, I could cry and like, like punch my face. Yeah. I'm so angry about it. Yeah. <laughs> so many bad <laughs> dreams have to do with going to school. Uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's a fun little detour on this conversation. <laughs> so, uh, art, you know, I don't think I was, I don't have good handwriting and I wasn't, I don't like, not like a great drawer. Like I, I'm not downing myself as an artist when I say these things. Like, I'm just like, I'm not like naturally gifted at like drawing things accurately. So I never, that's not something that I think is often like to be considered or people to be like, wow, you're a great artist. People often, I think, notice that when you're more good at drawing realistic things or like, I don't know, naturally skilled in that way. And I just wasn't. So I never once was like, you're a great artist growing up when I'm making my artwork. It's like, oh, there's Mesa's art, you know, like just casual. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I'm sure you'd agree with me because you're tra- you're tracking your journey right now. Yeah. But that is one of the s- tragic misunderstandings about art is like somebody thinks, oh, you can recreate perfectly this table with all these items on it draw yeah. it and you yeah. draw it well and like oh you're a good artist it's like that's not really art yeah you're good i mean draw. that is that is that's that's art i mm, think okay well art moves both ways yeah how We're you get how some you hot create takes it. from the creator of art moves both <laughs> ways on what is art <laughs> <laughs> like i would consider that art but mm, um yeah. you're the expert tonight Oh my goodness. In house in house expert. <laughs> I mean, I don't we could dispute it. No, 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 no. I like I like having it be like, let's get your hot <laughs> takes on art. <laughs> um, you're just as much a qualified artist as I am, in my opinion. Mm. Um mm. 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 Um, so yeah, didn't have like a strong sense of being an artist. I definitely also like I was not considered creative. Like I was valued for athleticism in my intellect. Like those were the things that I was valued for. And like, honestly, probably charisma and like leadership. Mm. Like those were the pieces of like, this is Mace and this is Mace's like strong suits. So while I wasn't, I wasn't like boohooed about as an artist, that was definitely not something that was like a strong, like, yeah, that's a part of Mace. It was like Mace is these other things. Mm. Um, and I was like, yeah, cool. I am good at sports and I am charismatic. <laughs> I, I, I will be the captain of this team. Yeah. Like I do like to dress up in suits and go to pretend lawyer. <laughs> I do like to debate. <laughs> yes, honestly. Um, but, uh, then I went to college and I'm in college, la da 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 and not doing art still. I'm, I'm now I'm in college. I'm not even really doing sports. I'm not even thinking right. Art is not on my radar. Like you're kind of having this crises. I am having <laughs> identity crises. <laughs> I've come to <laughs> college as a freshman. 
<laughs> and I'm trying to fit in and not fit in at the same time and don't know what to do and how to manage this. It's complicated. And um, I've never heard you say it that way before. That's that's nice and succinct. <laughs> trying to fit in and not fit in at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big mood. Um, And so here I am. And then. We all, if you listen to this podcast, this is this is the running joke. We could pay people sophomore year, <laughs> sophomore year of college. <laughs> yeah, we need a we need a, a sound that comes every time we mention sophomore year. Um, <laughs> sophomore year of college. Um, okay, so lots of things happen. Uh, my sophomore year of college that leave me feeling distressed, mm-hmm. feeling confused, feeling like I disillusioned at the world Mm -hmm. like a lot of pieces of what were stable things in my life suddenly were just like (laughs) knocked out from underneath me just like oh and I'm like trying to figure out how to manage that and then also I mean you know this piece of me I'm like also like there's a lot of shame going on like Uh I'm not a good person that I like built this huge structure of belief that now has to be crumbled and then rebuilt. And I'm like shamed about all of that. So I am. I guess what's so fun. Let me just stop for a second and say, okay, if somebody is tuning in for the first time for this podcast, this is probably not the one to listen to for the first time. <laughs> no, maybe, probably not. This I feel like is just for people. First of all, it's always just for us mostly, but like, I guess if if you know the podcast, it's fun. Um, but if if you really are a person that's been listening for a long time, you know we circle back to these themes. Mm-hmm. And I I think that was a big aha moment for me in therapy uh, a few a few months ago. And you and I have obviously talked about this, but I w- I kept having this nervous tick or or habit, I guess, of saying to my therapist like, "I'm sorry, I've I know I've already talked about this before." Yeah. Yeah. And he was just like, so, I mean, if you want to talk about it before, obviously that's significant. So why don't you talk about it again mm-hmm. until you don't want to talk about it anymore? Like, yeah, that makes so much sense. Like, yeah, the it's world, like there's a reason, reason why you want to keep talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know why. I, I mean, really, if we stopped and thought about it, it's like, why, why do we do that to each other as people? Yeah. I've ever heard this story. Yeah. Okay, well, I want to tell it again, <laughs> you know, and I want you to hear it again for some reason. I know. I, I need you to hear again what happened to me sophomore year of college. No, I, I just like that. I like, well, if maybe somebody this will be the first time, but I'm thinking like, yeah, now with maybe a fresh understanding of me, let's revisit the bike room and the mandalas and the... Oh, I know. You know it's, it's What was going on there? It's even as I go through this, it's because I'm in the season I am right now as an artist it makes this the the start of me as an artist very fascinating mm-hmm. which we'll get to okay <laughs> <laughs> um so i mean you you've seen this but i'm saying people listening yeah we'll um, get to uh okay should i keep going sophomore year in college sophomore i don't know i don't know how much you want to indulge in that right no, now no i won't i i mean i'll just say i mean i've kind of named it i'm at this space of being unsure unsure of faith unsure of god unsure of the world unsure of myself learning about injustice for the first time, seeing the effects of capitalism, seeing the effects of colonialism, looking at racial injustice, like just holding all these things and not, I mean, that's a lot to do. It's a lot to hold. Very jarring. Um, And then these stories are really like this, 
these stories always come back. But I went on this retreat <laughs> my sophomore year. Deb. And if you listen to our ambiance, our ambiance episode, I talked a lot more about this retreat. But it was essentially like a very contemplative art-led retreat. Mm. And the way she always does these retreats is she gives essentially like a project that you can work on and then like that's it and you're invited to do that and then she shares just like some spiritual practice and the one that I went to was right before Lent so it was like the weekend before Ash Wednesday and Deb brought with her this journal that she had made and this was a journal and she was explaining her Lent practice that she does And it was, she said, all I do is I draw a circle and then every day I create something in this circle and this is my Lent practice and this is a mandala to me. It like holds the day. And so she shared her journal and it's like a beautiful journal. It's like this nice hard bound thing. And it's like, she had made it look so nice with like all this mosh podge over it and had a lot of collages (laughs) and there's words and there's these 40 circles. And it was just like, yeah, it sounds like you're kind of like falling in love. Yeah. And you're like, what? I know, I was. And then and then she had all this stuff for us to do, make these hand labyrinths. And I had the, I, I had a very, like, it was the first time in the midst of like holding this disillusioned reality, like a more real sense of the world was able to find something like mm. some peace in it. Dang, um, that's so that's profound. Yeah. And so I remember coming home and the next day I was like, I got to go to an art store. Mm. Like, I think I need to buy some art supplies. Mm. And so I went to artists and craftsmen, which is like the art support store that I still go to. And I, what? I mean, I don't know if people even know, or, or, or go to art supply stores, but that is a good one. I know it's the best you know? one. It's yeah. amazing. It's an amazing uh, art supply store here in Seattle. And I bought a little black notebook. I think I bought like a watercolor set. I know I bought some Mod Podge. I I just bought like a few little things. Like I didn't even know. I'm like I don't really know art, but I'm going to try and do art every day. Is what I told myself. I'm going to make these circles like Deb had and it's a spiritual practice and I'm heading in and it's like, this is my Lent practice. And so... That is part of your personality. You sort of go all in. You're like, I'm all yeah, in. Yeah. We're doing it. Yeah, it's happening. <laughs> Here we go. Um, and so I found this base. I hadn't really been using this really, but there's like the storage room in my dorm building. Like on the floor mm-hmm. that I live... That was bike storage, technically. So people would come and leave their bikes. And there was like a pool table in there and just like random stuff. And it's a pretty big room, like probably the size of like three dorm rooms in this huge room. And at like you have to like unlock it with your key, but everyone's key unlocks it because it's just like the dorm building going down there. Right. Exactly. And nobody goes in there after they've like put their bike away. And so... I just like was like, hmm, maybe I'll start doing some stuff in here because I lived in like my dorm room was like right outside the elevator and we were very much like a social dorm room. Like we kept our door open the whole time. Like, what a terrible <laughs> sentence. 
<laughs> that was like really fully our energy. Um, By the elevator, <laughs> door open. No, no, no. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, so I started going to this bike room to make these blend things. And I had this like, we had like come home from the retreat with like a few like papers and like nice like things. So I like put them up on the wall and I started to make these circles that I made every night. And I like made them. And then I also just started to make, I like fell in love with the process Mm. of making art. And I mean, they're like really janky. We, I sent you pictures of them a while ago, like looking back at them, but there's a few that I like look back on and I'm like, I remember feeling so proud of this and like using art, I was able to find new ways to communicate. And like, that's, I mean, that's essentially what it is. It's like art and paint. I found like, dang, I have somewhere where the stuff that I can't put to words can somehow be expressed Mm. in a way. And like, through the art, I'm realizing things about myself. Mm. As I make this, I'm realizing this piece of me because it's come out and I'm just letting it happen. Um, so that became very profound for me. Um, then, you know, this season, you were around for the season, I like went into like a very sad despair <laughs> of sorts. A sad despairing season. A sad despairing season where I was like... I'd fully given up on not just God, but like all sense of goodness. Mm. I was just like, didn't have any semblance of hope. No, no strength to hope at all. Uh, No space to imagine. I feel, I was so emo. Mm. I thought I was going to move back to California. Mm. Very sad. Um, And I don't know. I don't know what really like, got me to get the supplies but somehow I ended up with it was like May and it's like I'm super emo I remember my dad at one point talked to me and we had this conversation and he like used this language of like this like life is like in your hands like you get to paint the picture of your life like I'm no longer painting like this is your life to paint you know like don't do anything for what anyone's expecting of you like you get to paint whatever goes forward and that was like the imagery the metaphor he used which i'm like that's really interesting um to reflect back on Bill, good credit for art moves both ways (laughs) (laughs) i don't really know how it happened but i know i ordered i got a pack i got a pack of square paintings Mm. and canvases 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 which to me that indicated something like this is bigger than a notebook yep and i no, I got the same paint that I use today, like these specific colors. And I also was listening to Divers by Joanna Newsom most of the time. Okay. And I like on that little patio area, like above our garage, I started painting these circles. Hmm. And I don't remember what the first one was when I like made the like, very classic May spectrum energy, but I started painting these and like, like the life force came back in me. Like Ooh, I feel like I 
I like sometimes I look because most of those paintings are like in our house right now and I look at them and it's like I don't know if I can go back to the exhilaration I felt like there is one night I remember because it was it was May and getting warmer and like lighter out later and I just stayed out so late painting and like these these paintings are like so simple and like I probably could do them so much faster now but I took so much time on them and they Mm. like they really healed me. Like mm. they really, really helped in so many ways and gave me so much more strength. And it's like, I don't even really know what I mean, like how that happens, but it just is the truth of the process. And I remember coming back inside after like being up, it was like, it was like two in the morning and I was painting and I brought them inside and I just sat and stared for so long at what I made and was just like overwhelmed at what I made, like just looking at these circles, which I mean, they're simple. They're so simple. Um, But they held something and they still hold something to me of like holding things. Like I could hold this, this complexity. And I feel like also like a lot of the times my painting comes from like a sadder place, but I end up painting like very brightly, Mm. like very colorful. And I think in a lot of ways it's like, push it's like bringing that in Mm. it's like ushering that forward um so i made those circles and then i made my trinity painting which i'm like deeply proud of and like at that point i was like am i an artist anyone can be an artist i'm an artist Mm. um and it was really huge (laughs) it was really huge like that was those ones like getting the canvases really like kind of made me take it more seriously uh, okay, can I can I stop and ask a maybe this is the first real question? Yeah, get going, ask questions because there's <laughs> like uh, yeah. Well, I think when people talk about paint and it's it's happening now when you talk about it, it's it's like it almost feels like similar when people talk about surfing, like surfers talking about floating on the the, the top of the earth. You know, water mm-hmm. is what covers. Like, <clears throat> I've 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 gone wake surfing. I've I've never. I've tried surfing once. I got pummeled. I don't understand what surfers are experiencing, and I'm I'm not really that interested. And I I like creating things. I've had a few encounters with paint. I don't get paint. Yeah, I haven't had any sort of encounters with paint the way you do, and in, in fact, it actually really f- spooks me. <laughs> you know, so like I don't know. Like I think certain types spooks of people, you. What do you mean? it's just a, it's just a certain type of medium that like uh stumps me hmm. you know I, I like you can talk about pastels yeah makes total sense to me hmm. I, I could get going right now with some pastels you're like here's a brush and some paints i'm like what no and, and we've done it before it's not i i imagine maybe if i painted for a month maybe but like i do feel like there is a certain specialness to painting yeah. Yeah. No, and I mean, you're, you're describing it. So what was it? What was it about paint? Oh, oh, I don't, that's a great question. And I'll try to articulate it. I mean, paint is okay. Well, oh, I have lots of thoughts. I have <laughs> lots of thoughts. Um, the nature of paint. Wouldn't it be so funny if you were like, I've got no thoughts about paint. No thoughts, no <laughs> thoughts on paint. Um, 
I mean, I consider it like a magic substance. Yeah, like I feel like a that's a magic out. substance. It is <laughs> fluid, and yet there is you can control it in a way, and yet you also can't. It's like hmm. paint feels like mystical in its paradoxical nature sometimes. Mm. Like you manipulate paint, you work with it. You can take nothing and make it something and then you can completely paint over it. And then it just feels like this source of, I think the fact that it's liquid and it dries, I don't know. I feel Mm. like there's a movement to it. There's like a texturedness to it. You can feel it. Like you can get paint all over your hands and you're like, I feel the paint on my hands and you can touch it. And then it's like paint can dry thicker or can dry thinner. You can scrape with it or you can wipe away with it. And it's like this very manipulative substance that you both like, it's like a both thing happening. And like art moves both ways. I I feel like at some point I can explain more of like what art moves both ways to me. But in the sense, like always when I'm painting, it's like, it is, it is a dance. It is not like, oh, here I am, me, Mace, here to control, like power over these paints. Like I have, like I'm coming into it and I know what I'm going to make and I'm going to be able to use this paint and execute exactly what I have in my mind. It's like I put the paint on the palettes with an idea in mind and it's like they also will have something to contribute to it. Like they will have their own ways that they are going to work in this. And you can like do so many things. You can add water, you can add this material to it, you can add powder to it, you can do this. And it's like lots of materials you can do that with. But paint is the one that I am most drawn to, I would say. Wow. Well, see, I'm glad I asked the question. I've never heard it said that way. (laughs) It makes total sense. I mean, it kind of makes me want, mm, doesn't, but it makes me definitely appreciate what's going on with you and your heart and mind with paint when it's happening. It's it's like I I said that way. I'm not I like I remember first filling my palettes as I remember getting enough paint to make the full spectrum of a rainbow in my palette and like looking at that and being like, oh, like what's going to come of this, you know? And like you get to reference back and it's like you add, you mix it together. Like there's a mixed quality with paint that you don't get with like markers or something. And I think that's this other piece of like, I'm, I'm enthralled with color and I'm enthralled with like making the perfect color. Like, hmm. 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 wow. It's like this specific red mixed with this orange mixed with this pink is going to make this very specific thing that like paint produces. But I'm like, I don't know how to get that on a hex code on my computer. Like, how do you get orange and hot pink mixed? I don't know how that works on a computer. But in paint, you do. In paint, you have like layers and you can have those multiple colors be one, but also be the multiple colors within it. Man, maybe it's the fluidness and the freedom of paint that makes me a little nervous. Hmm, maybe. You know, yeah. No, yeah, because it's like out of control. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you definitely can't, at least for me, there's, I mean, I am a intuitive abstract painter, I guess. Like that would be a way that one could describe the way I paint. And so, and I don't really work with oils. Like I've tried oils, but A, they're so expensive. And B, I don't like them as much because I like the fast dryingness of, of like acrylics for me. And I'm fine with watercolors, but I don't love them. Like I really do mostly like acrylics. Mm-hmm. So, 
That's just me. Hey everybody, Scott here. Hope you're enjoying this episode on Art Moves Both Ways. And this is the part of the episode where I give you a few ideas on how you can support the podcast. And first, as always, is you can write us a rating and a review on iTunes. This helps bump us up in the algorithms and your rating and your review is an encouragement to us. We love to read it. We love sharing it on the podcast. We love sharing it on Instagram. So if you're listening to this and you have a few moments head on over to iTunes and please write us a rating and review on iTunes. Uh, A few other ways that you can support us is that you can post about this episode in your Instagram account, or you can just spread the word, word of mouth to friends and family about the podcast. Aside from that, I want to let you know coming up next is a ruination. In this episode, we forgot about the ruination. We recorded the whole episode and Reuven came in at the end with his ruination, but we're going to put it here in the middle of the episode. So coming up next, uh, we hope you enjoy this ruination and please write us a rating and review on iTunes. Um, Post about us on your social media if uh, that is something that you feel like doing. And also actually consider supporting us on Patreon. Um, I won't talk about that too much tonight. Anyways, uh, yeah, hope you're enjoying this episode on Art Moves Both Ways. And here is a ruination. You got to get like the Asian part and the black part and the woman part and just like slam at that gate. Like, (laughs) I know it's, it's it's like what, like what kind of society is this that, um, that, um, that you need like everything together to make like this, like little bit of a move. (laughs) By the way, something, sometimes I realize, you know, when people here talk about, Oh, we need more diversity. Like we need more diversity. And I realize kind of like, you know, I'm not from here back home. We have diversity. I mean, we kind of, you know, it's not like we're live in mutual harmony, but it's because I, because I'm in fucking Queen Anne that it's like white as snow. <laughs> it's like, so it's your problem. It's not my problem. Um, <laughs> this is building up to something. This is, we have definitely taken the route of a rant as opposed mm-hmm. to a poem. No, yeah. Tonight. <laughs> um, this is building up to something. I think, you know, I'm less, I don't care about Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. Um, I think what I'm trying to tell people who probably now don't want to listen to me, uh, is that I think what I would invite all of us, you know, this is not something I'm immune to, um, is to maybe what we need is just a shift in perspective that maybe we need to evaluate what we mean or what we think when we say we're winning. Hmm. Right. I mean, Joe Biden winning, it's like, yeah, but on, on, on the backs of how many people, <laughs> you know, like, and also like America winning on the backs of how many people. Yeah. Right. 
so I, I think, I think what I don't want to foreclose is people's ability to actually identify with people, with people, with the defeated. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. That's why I'm so against. Well, I'm not against Joe Biden winning. I mean, as a lot of people, I'm glad Trump lost. Yeah, but it's it's the what happens to our way of knowing or in our way of thinking about things, right? That I feel like that some kind of damage. Like, if if anything, this is the time to look to the people who have quote unquote lost like defeated right people who kind of who does not fit in this narrative of progress or who doesn't want to fit in this narrative of progress right um yeah like i i mean i've been that's kind of like what i've been think i've been thinking a lot about just I guess always, but but now maybe more acutely of just like what it means for me to be here. In right? America. In America. Yeah. And yeah. just like looking, you know, like doing my work as a scholar and trying to kind of um, recover from kind of like Indonesia's like violent and turbulent history and like so many dead people, mm. right? And just like these people are dead, like you know, and all over the name of like a nation. And it's it's too long and too complicated for me. I mean, all you need to know is that as any other post-colonial country, America intervened into it and caused a lot of death. That's yeah. all you need. To, that's like the coming of age of every other country, by the way. Uh, and to me, it's like there's nothing to regain. People, the people are dead. They're like buried in mass burials or something. And what it means to want to defend the dead yeah and to kind of like be opposed to this idea of progress because look how did how did you get here did you even ever have you ever thought about that how did you get here yeah right and when i say like identify with the dead i'm not saying like having this some kind of bullshit oh i'm gonna helping attitudes like oh pity or help like Speaking of like on whose backs do you stand on? Like y'all would be nowhere without us. You would be nothing. Like w- there's this uh, historian named Walter Rodney who wrote a, a book called How Europe Underdeveloped Af- Africa. It kind of came out in the 70s. And it's, it's, it's a classic in kind of like anti-colonial literature. And he said like what kind of society depends on other society, on the impoverishment on other societies, right? And that's what America is. You depend on like the immiseration of other countries, hmm. so that you would be nothing without us. Like if all of these like connections were cut, you would you have nothing. You'd have nothing. And and def. You know, identifying with the dead is, I think, a plan. You know, you should also see it as like a, a way of save yourselves because yeah. you know, when all of these are gone, what are you going to be when you look at yourself? 
it's I mean, this is making me think a lot in terms of like things I'm learning in terms of like looking at systems and like psychologies of systems and like this notion of looking to the dead, looking to remembering, Mm -hmm. looking to not like moving past histories, but to like bringing them back forward and like identifying with the suffering and the pain being the only like healing way forward, like to forget the dead is only t- for us all to kill ourselves. Like we need to look and pay attention to the, the death, mm-hmm. like not turn our backs, but like look at this, attune ourselves to that and what it's telling us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not my dead, you know, I mean, you know, you can look up like, you know, if you look it up on Wikipedia, you c- you get things. It's like, Oh, Indonesian history. Oh, I don't know, Ghanaian history, oh, South African history, oh, Taiwanese history. But, like, it's, no one owns the dead, you know. It might be, kind of quote-unquote, my history, but it's a stupid way of thinking about it. You can claim these dead if you want. Hmm. These are your dead, too. Yeah, that's an interesting thought, too, of, like, maybe we all should be claiming these yeah. dead. I yeah, I mean... yeah. Damn. You know, there's no private property when it comes to the dead. They're dead. So, you know, if the theme was like hope, <laughs> <laughs> I would, I, I, I still think it's connected to hope. Like you just got to yeah. like, oh yeah, look in the, don't let this, I think the worst thing that can happen from this is that you start looking in the wrong direction. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Reuven. This has been a lovely Reuvenation. This is a post-hope thought in the midst of Art Moves Both Ways, which is also about hope in a way. I stand by all I say. Thank you, Reuven. Thank you. So we're, we just got to the point where you're, let's try to do something here. I mean, let's say we've now arrived at painting mace. It doesn't necessarily need to be a journey anymore. You're a painter. Yeah. And this is kind of where I've entered into your life too. Like, yeah. By the time we were becoming friends, you were painting in my mind. You're like, I don't know. I don't know exactly the point where I realized you were painting, but you know, you talked about this Trinity painting. I was like, you were like, here, I painted this painting. I'm like, wow, great. Whoa, cool. Oh, I didn't really realize you painted. And yeah, I was and I'm like, like hey, he's a painter. I didn't really realize I painted like <laughs> this either. Like, yeah. whoa, look at this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, and I loved it. I still love that one. Um, you better freaking love this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, you had these circles, you had the Trinity, and then you st- and then I don't know. I guess now we're jumping almost a year later. Then, yeah, then there's you like started a, some other things. There's like a lull for sure, and there's a lull in the winter that happens. Mm. Like there's there's no getting around the fact, and I I don't know if this winter that'll be the case, but I like to paint. Like the sun draws me to paint at this point. I'm like the sun. You paint? like being outside. 
Yeah, I love being outside. I prefer to paint outside 10,000 times more. Mm-hmm. I like to move around a lot when I'm painting. Like when I'm painting, I'm like, add something back away, move around this way, dance a little bit. Okay, look at this, add this. Like it feels very, uh, it's a very embodied experience in general. Um, painting inside, I'm like a little bit more like, mm, here I am. Like, painting, okay, <laughs> fine, I guess, sure. My little constrained space. <laughs> um, I mean, it sounds like Ashan would agree with that. Like, Ashan really likes the splattering and the moving. The, the movement of it. Right, exactly. I mean, and I'm also a person that's like, I'm I'm here for the process just as much for than as a result, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Like, to me, the process is like, you can see the process and the result in some sense. You can mm-hmm. see the heart in it, in a way. Um uh, what are we talking about? Well, I'm just talking about at some <laughs> point your style sort of shifted. Yeah, I mean, my style shifts a lot. I feel like I've had seasons of shifting of styles. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, is the mic still working? <laughs> yes, yeah. you have to talk into it for a tour. Um, I thought <laughs> I pulled the cord. Um, I don't know. So I made all these, like I kind of had this like spectrumy rainbow aesthetic, honestly, for like probably two years of painting. Uh, yeah. Um, just kind of playing with that. Um, I don't really know. It's like, I'm slowly just getting more like I'm an artist and leaning into that. And then I'm starting to do things like do art stuff with like youth kids and all these things. And it's like, I'm just continuing to be like, yeah, I use art as this thing, but it, it wasn't, I don't know, a shift for sure happened with COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm like evolving as an artist and there's definitely been times where I've moved outside of my style of like the spectrum. I'll add this, like the painting in the bathroom. I yeah. love that painting. That almost like deep self-expression. Voices in my head. I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. Yeah. Um, I love that painting. <laughs> and then I made this like weird, like apocalyptic painting that I'm like, this is so cool. And I'm just experimenting. Um, tried poor painting, all these things. Um, but then... I had a breakup and COVID happened essentially around the same time. And basically the day the breakup happened, we're we're now in 2020, we're in 2020 here. I'm processing and I'm painting and I paint with a new style, okay, a a brand new style. And and this is what I'm, I guess I experienced as like, it wasn't really premeditated. You're like, here I go. Yeah, no, not at all. I, I, I have these tiny little canvases. There's, I, I took this chalk thing because I, I also now work with preschoolers, so I'm painting with kids a lot, so I'm inspired in that way. And there's just a piece of me that honestly was probably feeling free to try things. Okay. And like it was, I think I also think that like paint, I try, I often get into a headspace where it's like, I don't really know what's going to happen, but allowing how I'm feeling to dictate how I use the paint, you know? And I started using the this like scaffolding tool in a specific way and just started painting these like really cool, more thick paint. I don't know how to describe these little blobs that I started to create. Blobs is probably not the most refined word for it, but it works. Streaks? Streaks? Creatures? Chunks? Creatures? Um, and that was big. That was like, whoa, this is sick. I love what I'm doing here. This looks really cool. And 
wow, I'm enjoying this and experimenting. And then that made, I created a ton of paintings all using this style. Mm -hmm. And then I lost my job. And <laughs> then I have um, lost job, COVID, a month off of work. And I told myself I'm going to paint every day. And some canvases? Ordered a shit ton of canvases, ordered a lot of paint, was like, here we go. Like, I'm going to lean in. I love doing this. It's like shown up more and more that I love doing this. Here we go. And it's May. And I like sensed it. I was like, this is like two years later from when I like first listened to Divers by Joanna Newsom hmm. and found like refound myself and refound hope and refound life and painted every day in May. And the whole thing was like experiment. I feel like as an artist, it was like I'm in a new place of both taking myself really seriously as an artist. Like I ordered big canvases. I ordered, I, I spent, I invested in this and that felt like an investment in taking myself seriously as an artist and taking this whole thing seriously. And I wanted, like I felt committed to playing. Like that was kind of the theme of May is like play. Like there's no... You have these canvases. Do what you want with them. Like, don't put pressure on what's going to come of them. Just let them be. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like I just kind of started exploring. And I've made a lot of a lot of paintings since then that all, at this point, I feel like they all are quintessentially me, but they're very, there's a lot of different styles that are happening, a lot of different experiments that are happening. I, like, ended up eventually making paintings that are like semi-realistic looking. Like I've continued to make paintings that have these blobs. I've like <laughs> kind of in that May season really got to know paint more. Like I feel like I got more refined with paint. Like I feel like now I understand brushes better. Like, I understand why a brush would be a certain way. Mm. I understand why, like, how to use tools more. I understand how to use the paint in a new way. Mm. Um, because I, like, really, like, leaned into the practice of it in those in that month. And that month also is when I, like, made my Art Moves Both Ways Instagram account and decided to be called Art Moves Both Ways and, like, kind of represents the start of me potentially being, like, what if I am a painter in some capacity for the rest of my life. You know, like I have dreams of like painting murals. I have dreams of painting a forest. I have like dreams of doing bigger projects and like I'm not stupid to dream of that. And so I feel like it's since since that May time it's been like a a new and even more like send into me as an artist. Art moves both ways is such a great name. I know. Yeah. I agree. I'm like, oh, yes. Every time I'm like, I chose a sick name. <laughs> it also feels like really true. I'm like, that feels like my art in, is that. My art is like uh, a very fluid movement. And mm -hmm. like, I feel like it's like not, it's like art moves both ways. And both means like, I feel like not just like like two different directions, but like both ways and like all kinds of directions. Like yeah. it's moving and it's going in and out. And then I also, like I was saying, it's like art moves both ways. It feels like it's like a, 
it's not just the artist making it. It's like the art also moves towards you. Like the art's moving towards you and you're moving towards it. Woo. Big big philosophical art thoughts here. You know, (laughs) those are seemingly sort of original art thoughts, I think. Really? (laughs) I've never heard it said like that before. Oh, I don't know. That's, that's to me, like what it's kind of articulating also, also fully like a reference to Joanna Newsom's song, Time is a Symptom, where it says, stand brave, life liver, bleeding out your days in the river of time. Stand brave. Time moves both ways, which is like a motto and like a, I will get a tattoo of that one day. Like that, that sentiment is like, that was like, when I think of that May season, it's like Divers by Joanna, but it's like that line every time it hit me, it was like, it all accumulates here. And like, so it's like that being a part of knowing that that's like the reference to to Armas both ways. It's like a very fun combo. So what was happening when that, when that style shifted? Cause it was so, it's hard to talk about in the sense of like everybody, I guess one of the things I want people to appreciate about this episode is we're in Mace's house with surrounded by the artwork. I know my housemates just let me put my art everywhere, which it makes sense. I mean, it makes the house really warm and personal, but um, you can sort of see the evolution in the room here. Mm-hmm. And I love your early stuff, you know, but I mean, there was a time where you were starting to text during that season where you were experimenting with these new styles. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of like stunned. I was like, whoa. I mean, I was like, yeah, I mean, you just started being an artist and you made this really cool Trinity painting and I love it. Like, I love it. Like, I'd like anything. It's not like on a scale of one to 10, I give it a three. It's like, I love, it's full love of that painting. But these other paintings were just on a different level. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how to say it. Yeah, no, they definitely way. are. They don't are. Like, I mean, it's what? like, these like, ones are in our house. Like, these ones that are, like, it's on this wall that's a background. And it's like, they mean so much to me, but yeah. they're like my worst painting. Worst. <laughs> Whatever quotes. that means. In quotes, exactly. But yeah, I mean, I was like, I was sort of blown away. I was like, I was like, okay, I guess I'm trying to describe to the listeners here. Like, it's like you had gone away for a year to art school and all of a sudden you came back and you're like, here's this new style I learned. But instead, you just were like, here, I did this. And I was like, what? Like, what is this? <laughs> this is awesome. You I know, don't I know. Like, I didn't know what to, I was really, truly in so many ways speechless. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It was like night and day. I was like, yesterday I did this, today I do this. And we're I like, mean, what? I mean, it was, it was, I honestly, like, my life took a big trajectory change. Mm-hmm. Like, within two weeks, it was just like, my life looked really different instantly. And I feel like it was fueled by the process of that potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I, I had a new sense of open possibilities and it gave me, I don't know. It's not like I was like limited as an artist prior. Like it wasn't like, oh my gosh, things are holding me back as an artist, but it was like this new shift in perspective for what could be of my life. It, it showed up in the painting. Um, you know, I, I do as, as an Enneagram five, I 
spend so much time trying to, in heavy quotes, because I know this is even possible, trying to crack the code of creativity. I'm like, yeah. someday I'll get that information and then I'll do it. Yeah. That's also doing repress. I'm yeah. Like, I'm just going to learn about creating, but not actually create. But I am wondering, like, maybe to anybody that's listening, thinking about, like, creation, I, I think about that famous book, The Artist's Way. Mm-hmm. And you sort of almost did that in the early days with your mandalas and the mm-hmm. bikes shop. You had your rhythms and you committed to doing it every day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Without reading a book of advice. Yeah. You're just like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. But I do think there is something really mystical and personal and profound and and just you, it sounds like, about the the space you get into when you paint. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's true. It's like the holiest space to me. Like, I think that that's, I think in many ways, I started painting first as like an act of heavy quotes praise or spirituality. So like that was, and that to me still is the fuel for my painting. Like it still is, it's fuel from this sense of like, I have like, divinity within me I have like the creative energy that creative life force in me so I feel like it's partially about that mindset of when I'm Mm -hmm. entering into it of like being really in tune with what this is like being really in tune with the sacredness to be able to do this so I feel like that's part of it dang for me I mean it's not like I mean I was about to say, it's not like it's every time, but like it kind of does feel like it is. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's, and I think, I think because it's healed me so much, like I think because like I've experienced like some very serious healing from it. I'm like, I have, I have like kinship with the art materials Mm -hmm. and the, the process. Like there's, there's like a, there's a relationship. I don't know. It's hard to describe, but. You're kind of getting emotional just talking about it. I am. I am. I'm like, it's, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't, I could not, I don't know where I would be. I do not know where I would be in life without art, honestly, at this point, which is really interesting. Cause yeah, it's like looking at my childhood, like I wasn't that tapped into this. Yeah. Um, so it's like it's strange how much in five years it's like transformed my life. It's transformed the way I see things. It's helped. It's transformed the way I see myself. Like I feel like the process of creating this wall that is here, this like spectrum, like helped me to know myself in like a much realer way and like share that in some sense. Yeah, you know, I've been reading this book called How to Do Nothing. How to Do Nothing. (laughs) And it does seem like a lot of books that articulate something that feels like wisdom are are essentially are just calling us back to a time when we weren't so addicted to screens. Yeah. And it just sounds sort of cliche sometimes in the sense that every generation has wanted to go back 10 years or 20 years. You know, it's like every parent every grandparent has always been like when i was a kid but it does seem statistically worse 
these days. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And so in the book, it's just like trying to call us back to activities like art. Like mm-hmm. the, the woman who wrote the book is saying, you know, the thing that's been healing for her is discovering bird watching. But like something where we're participating in something else that isn't not necessarily the, just the idea of a screen with a blue light, but like um, somebody else's agenda. Yeah. Like every time you're on a phone, you're, you're, you're beholden to Instagram and Facebook's agenda for you mm. with their notifications and their alerts and their clickbait. And like, where can you just get to be with you? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you found art. Yeah. No, paint. I know. I think that's true. It's like, find, find what works for you to get with yourself. This is how I can help. This brings me to myself. And it's, it's true in the like sense of like, this is the, one of the best things for me, but like I still have times where I'm like, especially probably in the winter when I'm not painting outside where I'm like, I forget about, I forget how good this is. Like you can get out of practice. There's times where I'm like, I don't want to paint. I don't want to paint. I don't want to paint. And then like I decide to do it yeah. and I'm like so happy for it. Sometimes I decide to do it and I'm like, I didn't get it. I didn't get in the flow. Like there's yeah. every once in a while I'm like, I'm not fully getting in it, but I'm like, okay, I'm glad I, I tried. You know, yeah. there's also times where I'm like, <gasps> I'm like running around the house, like grabbing <laughs> items. It's like this idea has come and I'm like, oh, oh, and like I can sense that I'm like, oh my gosh, calm the <laughs> frick down. There's no rush. There's no rush, but I'm like feeling rushed. Cause yeah. it's like, I have to try and get this thing out. Um, but no, I think it's true. It's like, I feel like painting has also just been a practice of, yeah, like it feels like anti-capital. It feels like, like pushing against like this idea of having to produce something. Like yeah. I'm not, when I'm, when I'm creating, I'm not trying to produce something that like. It's not an assignment. No, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's very driven. And it's like, that's where I'm like this complicated piece of like, I do want to move into a place where I can be more self-sustaining as an artist. So like potentially selling my art, which is this own complicated piece where I'm like, how do you sell art when I'm like, this is a gift. Like the very nature of being able to make a painting, like I feel like to have created a painting, I've received a gift to make the painting, you know? Um, so it's, it's strange, like getting money for it. I don't know. What do we get money for? What do we get money for? (laughs) Only things that don't feel like gifts. (laughs) (laughs) Only things that feel stale. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm also (laughs) like one of my classes, the whole thing is like holding the tension of commodities and gifts. And I think it's brought painting I talk about in my discussion group like every other time I'm like very classic me I'm back to thinking about what what is a painting that's like bought it's like becomes a commodity and yet it's a gift like Mm. how can it be both of those things I'm still figuring that one out I mean and painting costs so much money like that's the thing this is like not a cheap hobby that I have here on both levels though I mean if you're gonna buy a painting typically uh, you're gonna pay a significant amount for a painting that you like you know but, yeah. but, you know, you know, with the, I mean, well, maybe you don't, but like, you know, if you're going to buy a, a Joanna Newsom record, right. It's a gift. I'm like, yeah, I want Joanna to have the money for this. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's just hard to like, I'm. But also like when you really think about it, so what, 
<laughs> it's like capitalism wins every time. It's like, so, but I will pay for this toothbrush that Johnson and Johnson made, you know, out of what? Like plastic and, and, and they're also a wealthy company that's been around for 70 years. Why do they get the money? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not the artists. <laughs> Why have we said that toothbrushes are worth this much investment? <laughs> Now I'm all of a sudden. Now no, it's caused, sudden, caused, like it's caused it's, on a new tangent. It's toothbrushes an episode. <laughs> <laughs> dental hygiene. <laughs> My dental hygiene journey. No, um, yeah, I'm excited to see you because it sounds just like what you're saying is stepping into a conversation with other artists about art as a commodity. When, yeah. you, when do you sell and when do you actually maybe give it as a gift? It, it seems that as you get along the journey, and I'm not talking from experience here, maybe a slight experience with video making, but like, um, yeah, you, you make paintings and sell them and, and, and maybe in some way it becomes your livelihood and then somebody wants it as a gift and you're like, Oh, interesting. Well, I sell my paintings and they're actually worth a lot of money, but yeah, maybe <laughs> for you, but when, how do you, yeah, no, I mean, I don't know how I balance it. I definitely get painting as, paintings out as gifts. And you hold it very lightly right now. Also, you, you'll give away a painting and I'm like, you're just gonna give that away i know it's Whoa. true it's true i will yeah because i feel i think that's the thing like i think i could let go of any of my paintings that's amazing because i i think five hundred dollars right out the door <laughs> here's five hundred dollars <laughs> no, oh hey like, mace this um, has been a really fun night can i have five hundred dollars sure <laughs> they're yeah. not asking for that though <laughs> they're asking for a painting yeah but i, I would say your the new ones especially are worth at least five hundred dollars each that's, at least that's very kind and i'm not i'm being i'm being stingy with that i think i'm gonna sell the enneagram one Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To who? I don't know, but I'm going to try and sell it. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like that one I can sell for a lot because it's like people love the Enneagram. Yeah, I mean, yeah, especially if you really make it clear this is the Enneagram. I'm like, whoa. Like, I mean, I think it is clear it's the Enneagram. Uh, not everybody knows it's the or what the Enneagram is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it's like if someone knows it, then oh, they'll, the they'll want okay. the painting, yeah. you know? like. okay. okay. Yeah, I'm assuming like an, an Enneagram person would buy the Enneagram painting. If you were an Enneagram person and taught it in any capacity, it'd be so cool to have like in your office. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. So if you're listening right now and you want a painting of the Enneagram, that's huge, but it's the Enneagram dancing. Cool. $500. $500. No, I think that is the price I'm thinking for that one. Valid. Um, Very valid. Uh Oh, I want to share how I'm doing now as an artist. Please. Um, this I, segment is called How Are You Doing Now as an Artist? Well, <laughs> I have, okay, I'll just, <laughs> how I'm doing as an artist. I'm doing great. <laughs> That's the end of that segment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. You all, if you're a person who listens to No Small Thing, you know, I'm in grad school right now. And I am in grad school for my master's in clinical psychology. And I would like to be a play therapist or I don't really know at this point, a therapist. And I am more and more realizing I would love to be an art therapist and to use art therapy as a huge piece of what I do with the rest of my life. Like, I don't know in what capacity, but 
just as much as my story includes me being healed through art and like loving making my paintings, there's also all these little pieces of me really feeling compelled to share it. Hmm. Um, like there's at this old church I worked at every year, they like I would come up with a different thing that was essentially like, hey, come, we're going to do art. These are the vibes, open expression. Anyone's an artist. Like that's the energy. And Mellow Out Mondays, Tune In Tuesdays, all these different things. The thing that's really cool in retrospect is that church really appreciated all the things you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> is that some sarcasm there? <laughs> <laughs> they really did. Yeah. Um, no, they didn't. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Just to clarify. Um, but it's like I love doing that. And... I work with kids at a preschool and I, I worked at a preschool that did Reggio Amelia, which is a very art based curriculum, mm. like really sees kids as artists and scientists and creators. And like there's this beautiful poem that essentially reminds us that we have so much like kids have their languages that they're using and it's it pays so much attention to expression and art as a language which I'm like, yes. Um, and so here I am now, and I'm like, I feel like I'm I'm, I'm going to do it. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm more and more as I study psychology, I'm like, yes, art therapy is, I'm, I'm so drawn to this. I'm having insights about mandalas mm-hmm. that I didn't understand, like, all the things I was doing for myself sophomore year make so much sense in terms of how they were therapeutic for me and seeing them as therapeutic for me and inviting people into that process and re-immersing myself in art specifically for therapeutic purposes of finding healing symbols for myself. I feel like right now I'm in the state of creating mandalas again. Um, I'm doing a research project on Carl Jung, which I think should be an episode soon. Oh, okay. Um, you have to fill out official application <laughs> for that. Um, <laughs> but I, it's just, it's been really special seeing all these ways in which these like psychodynamic theories involve art or certain ones that in like involve creating and expressing. I'm so drawn towards and it's only only made me feel more fueled for what art moves both ways could be. Mm. Like it represents not just me creating art, like art moves both ways to me is less Mace as an artist. I think I said that in the beginning, but it's more of like a philosophy of art, like a philosophy of engaging with it, a philosophy of that relationship, which I think happens in the therapeutic process with art. It's like inviting people into being healed through the art they create. Like these, this art has something to tell you and the process of it is going to help draw out symbols of healing for you it's it's done that for me and it continues to do that for me and so now I'm like I'm just in this new state of dreaming and believing in art moves both ways as as like the word is cheesy but it feels real I said this to you yesterday like a vocation of sorts like I feel like I'm starting to move into a sense of a vocation and it's very cool. We'll see. But yeah. Why is that cheesy? 
I don't know. It's kind of a cheesy so Christian cheesy. word. Like, <laughs> I don't think so. I think Christians use it, but I don't think it's a Christian word. Really? No, I think it's a good, profound, deep word. It feels like I, I feel like I've never said it about anything and felt honest about it like I do with this. Like, I don't think I've ever really been like, I found my vocation. Like, I thought I wanted to be a pastor, but I never was like, this is my vocation. It never, like, clicked. And this, mm-hmm. I'm like, dang, this, this is. It's like everything around me is, like, screaming this at me. I mean, what's a better word? There Job? isn't. No, there isn't a better Career? one. You know? No, because neither of those fit. Because it's it's not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm like, oh, I hope that there's a way that I can make money doing this, but it's like, I feel like I need to do this with yeah. my life. Like, this is, this, I think I'm, like, I think I'm good at that. Like, I think I've, I see art, and I think that I can help hold that space, and I think that art is such a, beautiful container to help us heal and I think that honestly like my own personal journey with art helps equip me for that yeah so that's how I'm feeling these days and now I'm making these mandalas that are like a new style of mandalas that have been even more profound in their own way it's like it's fun to look back and see how much not like better as an artist as I am, but like so much more able to explore things and like even more able to get at pieces of myself through my art, which is just, it's very cool. Very cool, everyone. We love paint so here. So cool, but also slightly <laughs> cheesy because we're using words like vocation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think maybe that's been another interesting thing development lately is the art therapy stuff. And mm-hmm. I think that, was already part of what you enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But when you've combined it with a lot of the stuff you've been exposed to now at school, it's like more, more captivating mm-hmm. than ever. Mm-hmm. Like it's, a, I guess, I guess sort of in the theme of this episode, it's sort of like another falling in love moment. You're yeah. Like, oh wow. yeah. And I'm watching it through your eyes and I'm like, yeah, wow. But I also don't have that same sense of calling. Mm-hmm. Like when it comes to, Art, like I really get it and I really appreciate it. And I feel like it's the highest calling, the highest vocation. And I and I still would love I to think ex- they're all. experiment being an artist. I don't know all. I think there is dignity in all work. But art is really special. And maybe everything's art. I don't know. What is art? I mean, you, you know, we can yeah, really get true. into that. And art moves both ways. <laughs> yeah. Funny just to have a little segment of saying really trite nonsensical things in really <laughs> meaningful tones um but yeah I, I i i we watched this documentary the other day about art therapy and i was like gosh like this is this is a macy mecca of mm-hmm. sorts you know mm-hmm. I'm just like this is i i'm not in this zone i'm not falling in love with this yeah and i'm like pausing and having to look at you with tears in my eyes yeah. of like this could be me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I see it. I see the value and I see like that I could even maybe facilitate something like that, but I'm not experiencing it the way like people really are healed by this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, they are. So yeah, it's I guess what, what are you finding these days to be so captivating about therapy art or artist therapy or yeah. mandalas and yeah. 
I, okay, I'll say, I'll just first go off mandalas because that's like what I'm most focused on right now. So I'm doing a project, I'm doing a research project on Carl Jung in analytical, analytic psychology. <laughs> there I go. Mm, somebody, somebody from school is going to listen. They're going to be like, oh my goodness. Imposter. <laughs> Get them out of here. Um, and Carl Jung was like friends with Freud, like right in there in the beginning of psychoanalysis. Um, but did a lot of exploring through art. And he has a lot of philosophies around this idea of like archetypal symbols and finding like symbols of healing and mm. art as a way of tapping into the subconscious. And it's not just him because it's like lots of these other pieces. But I think the more I have uh, language for what we do with the subconscious or what it has, the place it has potentially in our growth. I'm realizing more and more like, and like I'm saying, like I, I experience art as like kind of mystical, this spiritual thing, this art is giving to me. And I'm looking at my art and wanting to see it as what subconsciously is it telling me? Mm. What is this art speaking to me about me? what does it have to say to me? So I've been making these mandalas that I've been using the word, they're like magic circles or containers. And I go into them usually and I don't know what I'm going to make. And then as I like get into like a meditative headspace, just create and allow whatever comes to come. And they have, it's, it's experiencing the process of, hey, you have a space where you can try and express something that you don't get to use words for and then making something and getting to see a piece of yourself out there and mm. you can process that and now you can work with that and you have record of it and you can move forward with that and you have this symbol of where you are and you can find yourself in it and then maybe you could create another painting that moves a character from that old painting to a new place like it's just it to me it's like a such a wonderful way of, of like slant getting to yourself it's like Ooh. the art comes comes at another angle i mean it's it's i mean if someone's doing dance therapy or music therapy i'm sure they're thinking a similar thing it's like allowing this this means of expression that gets up a, a more sense of ourselves like i think it's 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 getting beyond the the words. It's getting beyond the the articulation. It's tapping into that that deeper sense of who you are, and so I feel like that's kind of what it's been like for me as I like learn more therapeutically what it can be. It's like I I see that piece of the way it's it's able to draw these pieces out of us or help help provide a container. I think that's the language I've been using so much lately of like a container for. Um, who you are a container for what you're going through. It's, it's sometimes maybe an easier medium. Mm. Um, but then also just, I think the process of art is therapeutic in itself. Like the process of giving yourself over the process of creating the process of moving out of yourself and into something mm. like taking a blank piece of paper and using charcoal to take what was blank and create something like just that very nature of movement of from that nothingness to something I think is, is its own healing trajectory. Um, so 
yeah, I feel like it's lots of pieces. Um, yeah. That's why art is so fascinating in the sense of like, it's not necessarily mastering a form, but if it can become pure expression, that seems to be the beginning of good art. Yeah. And, And then all of a sudden now it does feel like what we've sort of been circling around is, as you were talking, it, it does sound akin to psychoanalysis of like there you can say and do whatever here. Right. Right. Well, I think that's the thing that's interesting. It's like, I definitely have a specific approach to art. Like I'm not making, I, I don't approach making something to say like, I'm going to try and make something beautiful or I'm going to try and make something that looks a certain way. Like that's just not the way I've ever approached art. And it's similar. I think when you're doing kind of art therapy, cause mm. it, it's like, this is a means of expression. Like this is a way to express something. It's not about making something beautiful. It's about expressing something. And yeah, like you're saying, like anything goes here. Mm. The the art itself, I feel like the nature of it is allowing anything to go. It's like you can move this material and explore something through it. Man, it's so exciting. So you're, exciting. You're, 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 you're so many things that you're wanting to do are crisscrossing over each other very well. I know. Uh, I, I feel so like we may well. be getting to the part of this episode where I t- uh, ask you about bleeding eyes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we were going to get to a part where we that? talk about bleeding eyes. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts about that? Oh my gosh, bleeding eyes are haunting me. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. I have thoughts about that, of course. Um, I don't know this. I've been doing these mandalas, as I've said. Um, and... I I don't know when the first bleeding guy came, but I started creating these images and this, I think I made this like snake thing that has this like crazy weird chaotic energy on the inside of it. This like it's gray and it's holding all these colors on the outside. It's black and white. And there's this eye bleeding in the middle of it. Was that sort of just spontaneous mistake? What do you mean? Oh, you saw it or you made it? I made it. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Was it just like, oh, here comes an eye, you know? Whoops. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm not like whoop, no mistake energy, but like, here comes no mistake. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm kind of trying to reflect back to you what you've been saying in terms of the process. Like, wow, all of a sudden this is happening. Yeah, no, yeah. It's like there's inspired. no plan, and it's yeah. like, oh, my, oh gosh, I got to do this third eye. Yeah. Like a little bit. Sometimes there's moments where it's like, so I made that one, and I was like, whoa, what is this bleeding eye? And I, I mean, it's, it's now come to mean it, at that first time it did, I didn't really know what it meant. Um, and then I've made a lot more paintings since, and a lot of them have lots of eyes and they almost always have this bleeding eye and it's this third eye. Um, and I think it's, I think it represents a lot. Like, I think there's a lot of pieces to it. Um, I guess I could name a few, like, I guess <laughs> maybe sure. <laughs> Um, it might be interesting. <laughs> like one, first of all, is just this, like, like the joke is like third eye slammed open, like consciousness or awareness. Mm. This third eye seems to represent that for me. And Ugh, it's such a heavy thought. Yeah. Third eye slammed open. Third eye oh. slammed open. Exactly. <sighs> and, um, I, have had this lecture about having a birth mind and we're learning all these things in school and I'm entering into the space of 
needing to be someone who can be aware. Mm. Like if I, I would like to be a therapist that can sit with the person I'm with and be able to be present with myself and be present with them. Mm. And that is not a casual task to be present and to be aware and to be in tune with yourself and be in tune with them and to be able to separate and to be able to hold that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, I think the bleeding eye is kind of a representation of that. And then the bleeding, it's like, it's not without consequence. It's not without blood. It's not without some kind of death. It's not without some kind of severage. It's not without something physical happening. Mm. Um, mm. That's that's a part of it. Like if you want that third eye open, it's going to be bleeding. Ooh. Like it's not just going to be open, you know? <laughs> um Dang. So I think that's interesting. Also, this is something that I, I don't think I've shared this with you, but it's it's just been in mind the whole time. Like Sada died like two, three months ago. This person who is my was my yoga instructor. Mm-hmm. Um and like if there's anyone who aggressively told us to concentrate on my third eye, it was Sada mm-hmm. in our practice. Like that's where your focus of attention was, was between your brows in that spot. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's this severance piece of bleeding in him dying from COVID and him like there's, there's that piece of that was the, the, the person who reminded me of my third eye the most. Mm. Um, so I feel like that's been part of the process. Um, but I'm I'm in a new place with the third eye, honestly. I'm making this new painting and I in the beginning the third eye was kind of alarming. Like, oh, it's bleeding. It's here again. And it's like <laughs> not like it's here again, but it's like it's the focus. And then I made this one painting where it's like pink and it's bleeding and I, that painting, I remember like starting and I didn't really know what was going to happen. And there was a few times where just the ideas came and I was like, dang, I have to make that. Mm. Ah, I got to make that for sure. Um, and so I made the, the pink gross bleeding eye, honestly, I look at it and it's like kind of gross and it's holding a lot and it's like, it's, it's not doing well. It's by itself. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but then I'm making this other painting now that's, it has three eyes on it. And it has a sense of balance that it's never had before. Like in my soul, like Mm. looking at it, there's a sense of peace about it. Like, yeah, it's bleeding, but it's got these other ones and one's crying and one's glowing. (sighs) And this one's bleeding and they're all here and they all have a place. And Mm. it's, it's not alone. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with the bleeding. The third eye, eye here is kind of receiving or giving off or emanating a, a, a no it's small beaming. thing. It's <laughs> beaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No, it's good. I mean, everybody, this is, I, 
probably the biggest painting you've made? Is it the biggest? I think it is. I mean, it's like a random, I painted over a random like picture of Paris. Probably from like Pottery Barn or something? Yeah, I don't know. No, it's a big, it's a big one. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, so that's the bleeding eye thus far. I mean, there's lots of other pieces, but those are at the top of my mind, the bleeding eye. I think when it comes to things like no small thing or art moves both ways, it feels like what I'm about to say is in that meta realm. Um, art moves both ways is in and of itself an art project mm-hmm. or an art piece. And you're speaking something into existence and you're discovering it as you go. Yeah. And you're making it in real time. And this is even part of that process. Like speaking it out into the universe and telling people what you're going to do and telling people what it is. Yeah, true. Yeah. True. Yeah, I think that's okay. That's another thing that I'm having more insights into now that I'm like thinking about art therapy is looking more seriously at what these paintings, the symbols of them are or like what they're speaking to it and like attuning myself back to old paintings and what they were speaking and looking at them and be like, dang that was telling me something there, you know? And like, oh, it's telling me something now. And then also I'm having these other thoughts of like (laughs) inspired by Jung of this idea of the collective unconscious. And it's just kind of inspired me to invite other people Hmm. to share interpretations of my paintings and bring people into that process, which has been really cool to be like, what do you think of this? And then someone will share something and I'm like, whoa, like I hadn't thought of that. And your interpretation is giving me clarity on something I didn't know I needed clarity on, which is very cool. Like it's really cool sometimes when you make something and you're like, eh, this is, this was cool. I made this selfishly for me, but then it's like, nope, actually this is for everyone. And this has something to say to someone else. Yeah. I mean, it goes almost to no small thing. It's like, Oh, just some eyes. It's like, no, no, more no, than just eyes. No, more than just eyes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no, let's pay serious attention to it. It's like you made this NSD color painting and it's like, it's a living symbol, you know? Yeah, I've, it's grown on me. I hated it at first, and now I'm like, yeah, no, I mean, I know what I was trying to do, and now it's just like I don't care that it, it looks janky or whatever. But right, because like, it's like it's communicating and expressing so much, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like, despite it being, I mean, I think it looks great, but, like, despite whatever, like, if it looks good or not, it's like the primary thing for me is, like, what's being expressed? It's uh, trying to... Yeah. Exploding yeah. brain. Exploding brain. Colors. <laughs> I have a lot a lot of thoughts about brains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, I, I surprise. Mean, do, do you want to say anything more as we're maybe starting winding to down. wind down? Like where where are you wanting this to go? Like where's art moves where is art moves both ways going? Art moves both ways is going places. That's for <laughs> sure. Um well I'm in a new season. I got laid off again. So we're in a new season of Art Moves Both Ways leaning in. Um I'm hoping for it to the, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what kind of laughter you would call that. Um excited, nervous? I am a great artist, not a great like art seller, painter, <laughs> business person. Not my strong suit. Don't love that part. I love w- selling out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> These laughs. Um, I'd like to practice some integration in the next two months. Um, 
moving. I think it's stepping into confidence of like my art's worth people getting. This is something to seize. Like I have so many empty, like not empty paintings, paintings in my house. I have paintings galore work I'm creating and it's time I figure out how to share it. That's kind of the mode I'm in right now. Um, so I don't know where our moves both ways technically going, but hopefully a website soon, hopefully people can buy my paintings and I'm going to have a booth at the Fremont market, which feels like legit to me. Um, I would like to move into it being a business essentially. Um, I'd like art moves both ways to launch as a philosophy and a business and a hub and a place where you can go. And like, I dream and I see this maybe being a thing where it's like, get art, there's group there, like group art stuff that you could be a part of that's through art moves both ways, art classes, like lots of different pieces that could come out of this. Um, but I feel like I'm in the start of moving in that direction of like, we started this podcast, no small thing. We gave it a name. It's a brand. Art moves both ways. Feels like it's heading in that direction of being like this is a legit real thing. Um, I'm working on my logo right now, which is giving me a very hard time. Um, I'll come do it. It'll it'll come to me. Um, but yeah, it's moving in this direction of taking it more seriously and not trying to not be like ashamed of that. And then also moving out of being probably doing repressed in the sense of like, I would much rather paint than I would figure out shipping. And I would much rather paint than I would tell someone this is how much my painting costs. You know? You can have people so, help you with that. I know. I'm trying to invite people into that. And it's people, people are helping, which is nice. Because, um, yeah. Um, so I think that that's like this other piece of like holding being an artist. And then what do you do with your artwork? I'm kind of figuring that part out um, as I go. You're a creator. You know, you create things. Yeah, I am. I, I think that's true. This is true. I would love, you know, this, I'd love to not have to go back to work. Um, in quotes, in quotes, a certain type of work, right? Exactly. A certain type of work. You have I a love location. Exactly. <laughs> um, so we'll see uh, next quarter at school I'm taking a class called the artist's way I think is what it's called and it's about cultivating a creative lifestyle incorporated with your spirituality which I'm just like yes thank you very much cannot wait for that so I'm excited to see um, what that's like because I think I'll be doing some collaborative work which I'm excited to think about collaborating because I'm not a great collaborator I feel like sometimes with artistic things I understand that like we do this podcast it's a collaboration, but like I feel like you've also seen the side of me that gets really particular about my work and painting is the most of preciouses. Mm, the precious. Um, so that'll be interesting. Well, yeah. we're going to try to make music. I wonder how precious you're going to be about that and collaborative. I also wonder about that. <laughs> <laughs> I can already picture you're in your class. Like, uh, getting really excited about sharing your practices with people. Can't wait. Cannot <laughs> wait. Oh my gosh, you're not wrong. <laughs> Here's what I do. <gasps> Man, this is this I, I do have that sense of feeling very full and and also not. Like I I feel like we just 
You know, conversation is strange. And maybe this is one of the things no small thing will continue to offer people. But like, it's almost like running. Like I've always obviously been very here for this whole conversation, but I think with curiosity, you know, it's like you start on the conversation and it may, it may just take a second to pick up steam, Mm -hmm. but the more you go, the more you realize there's more, Mm -hmm. you're not solving it. Yeah. You know, like I'm not, I'm not getting to the end of this and like, I get, I get art most, I get, I get the art moves both ways now. I get it. No, I'm like, no, 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 you'll never get it. Now I have more questions than ever. What is it? (laughs) Uh, And there's just so much more we can talk about in terms of art and your vocation and your style and, you know, what it all means to you and your influences. Cause I am like, as an artist and a painter, you seem to be primarily inspired and motivated by music. You know, That's so what's your true. relationship with music like? That's true. I mean, yeah. I'm fueled by music. I feel like I have I have muses. Mm-hmm. Muses mm-hmm. kind of fuel my art in a lot of ways. Because you're going to turn on some Bjork and you're going to paint. Yes. You know, yes. so that's going to That's going to impact this. Oh, for sure. For <laughs> sure. For sure. No, I think that's, I mean, that's an interesting piece of the art process. It's rare that I'm painting in silence, although I made a really good painting recently in silence. So maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, no, that's interesting. Well, Oh my goodness. I didn't even, I told myself to share this earlier. I guess I got to share it now. Um, Send it. Send (laughs) um, The song Kitchen Sink by 21 Pilots. Also, we almost made it through an episode without mentioning. <laughs> I don't mention them that often no, at know. this point. I feel but like it seems like it would come up in an episode like this. No, it for sure would. Well, so I like came out of my sophomore year. That's also the year I got into T.O.P. Gotta love T-O-P. them. Um, and there's a song called Kitchen Sink, which that song also kind of fueled more of the like that honestly got me moving beyond the like, oh, I'm praying and making mandalas and moved into like a probably a more self-expressing way like aggressive and like that summer I painted a ton like watercolors actually I remember that a lot um but kitchen sink is there's this line that is oh I want to be able to say it well you want to say it perfectly well it's like don't do bad by Tyler the right something that it might be worthless pointless curses nonsense versus you'll be you'll see you'll see so it's like basically paint, create, do things. You'll see perf- purpose start to surface. No one else is dealing with your demons, meaning maybe defeating them could be the beginning of your meaning, friend. Woo! Um, Woo. Okay, okay. So it's like this line of like create something, make something. This could be the start of your meaning. Dang. And I think that that's so true. It's like create something, find your meaning in that, keep going, creating. Like I think that's this, the piece of getting into that creative process is you're actively now participating in making meaning out of things and kind of back to hope now. Yeah. Yeah. No, true. Imagination hope. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like that came up in our hope episode, like paint and art is I'm like, well, that's, that's the most tangible example of hope, you know, in my own life. So, okay. You, should we end with ways. that song? That'd be good. <gasps> that would be a fun that would be fun. Also, but I also kind of feel like we should have time moves both ways to, or time uh, is a symptom. Which one? Well, maybe choose. we could start with one. Um, 
it's going to be up to you. Okay, I'll you're, let you know. Okay, or you're not going to decide right now. It'll be fun to say it. I guess let's do TOV. Okay. <laughs> we'll start with time moves both ways. Time is a symptom. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, hey, friend, this has been really fun. I know. I This was fun. I got to be the center of attention for <laughs> the whole time. Well, it's, it's honestly a good vibe for the podcast because I... I like interviewing. I think, you know, fives observers, you know, it's like, I, I think this works for us. I'm, I'm, I'm beyond fine being the interviewer sometimes and not, you know, so. Yeah. But we're going to find a way to, for, to get Scott in the hot seat and I'm going to be the interviewer. Uh, see something about that makes me nervous. <laughs> um, I, I, I do want to say for the record that I am, you know, it's it's not like I've been inspired to paint because you paint, but I have definitely been inspired to be more myself because mm. of you and your, you know, your ability to express yourself in all sorts of ways, paint included. But, you know, I find it a deep, deep privilege that I'm a person in your life that gets texted the paintings and the real time work and, you know, the thoughts about the paintings. And it's a really, really cool and sweet thing. It, I think it is a valid, legitimate, amazing, cool vocation. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad we got to do this episode. I know. Thank you very much. And, and even as we're winding down, I'm feeling guys. unsatisfied. I'm like, dang it, there's so much more. But we probably do Art Moves Both Ways part two in a year or so. That would be fun to yeah. see where I am. Because, yeah, I mean, I think it's just interesting. I feel like I've been hyper-speeded of, as mm-hmm. an artist like, have. since COVID, you honestly. Have. It's like... Hype, like cranked up cranked up yeah well thank okay. you thank you i'm saying i want to say thanks to the listeners but i'm kind of thanking you tonight thanks for thanks for being thank my you guest to everyone. <laughs> thanks for listening everyone everybody involved. check out art moves both ways and heads up you're probably going to be seeing more art moves both ways content on no small thing but also follow art moves both art ways moves both ways yeah i post to my story sometimes um, if you ever check out our website, it's down and it's a, a disaster right it's now. It's so bad right now, but, but it's coming back. We're going to rebrand in the greatest way soon, hopefully. And there'll be some no- art moves both ways content and there's mm-hmm. going to be merch. Mm-hmm. We're out here. Get excited. Okay. Thanks okay. for listening, everybody. Bye. Lighter for
Did you 